Hello and welcome to Royal Mystic Collective Wisdom. I am your host, Royal Mystic, and we're going to talk about meditation today, uh, specifically about mantra meditation. It was one of the first kinds of meditation that I ever learned to be able to speak Sanskrit or use Sanskrit chants. For some reason, um, I think it helped because it was a foreign language, and even though I knew, I you know, I read what the, the mantra meant, um, as I was saying it, it had no attachment to it for me emotionally, and that allowed me to really open my energy. So there are many other uh, kinds of meditation we'll talk about later, but today we're, we're talking about using a sound, a phrase, or an entire sentence, a mantra. Now, that's used also in prayer. It is very much, um, I, I consider the Our Father or the Hail Mary uh, prayers to be that same thing. And I'm sure that that's what happens when we have um, that moment where we, we almost become entranced in the sound. Some mantras are very simple and just one sound the the most common one is the om uh we've talked about uh sacred sound and using the sophagio frequencies in the sounds like so That's the um, expression sound. I like using that one. Um, It allows you to just make the sound and allow yourself to fall into the sound and fall into the vibrational frequencies. Now, there are more Solvagio frequencies. We've talked about it. The ut, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si. Those are the ones that I'm aware of. and it does very much sound like the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right? It is that energy of, of resonant sound that helps to kind of carry you into the rhythm of your own internal energy. So um, one of my favorite Sanskrit mantras is uh, my my family affectionately calls it the Om Eem because, because it allows uh, a shift of vibrational frequency from negative to positive. That is the sole purpose of this um, mantra that I'm about to do. And it literally is something that I used on a daily, frequently used like multiple times a day on in jobs that uh, I was having a real hard time not wanting to react and uh, trying to keep the toxic energy away from me and shift my energy, keeping myself from dropping into that low frequency. So um, we're three minutes in and, I, and I'm about to bust that out for you. So we'll, we'll uh, understand that I don't have uh, a full correct pronunciation of it because I have an American tongue and I do the best I can with that. But uh, here's my closest uh, rendition of it. And it's a um, very much known in 
India as a very common, it's a, it's, it's common uh, prayer or mantra that's used to shift your energy. So here we go. Om Rim Klim Chamunda Yeviche Namaha Om Rim Klim Chamunda Yeviche Namaha So, uh, there are many other chants that you can use. That one is my favorite because you get into a rhythm of it. And I found out about this particular mantra uh, because I got a book of mantras that were on a CD and I got a, a you know, an American man who actually became uh, very fluent in Sanskrit and really, um, I feel like he, he did a very good job of interpreting and, and talking about the mantras. Now, mantras have a specific timing. They're usually done for 40 days. So it's a nonstop everyday 40 days. If you do it more than that once in that daytime, that's wonderful if you can allow yourself to do that. But for some reason, it is a 40-day thing. And allowing yourself to get in the discipline of it and being able to do it. Now, I will tell you, uh, doing any meditation, if once you can get yourself into the habit of doing it daily, you miss it when you don't. Um, there are things that happen during a meditation. There's conversations that go on. There are just knowings that come in and visuals that come in. Now, you don't have to visualize anything. The best way that I have discovered that to, to go into a meditation is to let yourself be in the emptiness, be in the void, because that's where you're in the quantum creative field. I first uh, saw this uh, about a month ago or two, has it been a month? Yeah, right at a month ago, yeah, um, when I went to the Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat, and he said, I didn't, you know, he said, before you go into this, did you hear me say visualize? Don't visualize anything, just go into the emptiness. And it was the the biggest battle was to get my mind to stop trying to throw ideas in, right? And to stop paying attention to the things that were happening around me. Because, you know, we were elbow to elbow to people. So the people next to you, they're, they're breathing, they're moving, it's hot. You know, you feel their body heat radiating. So it's, it's all of that. You got to get past all the physical. And that's the hardest part about meditation. People uh, have to get past the part where our bodies try to interfere. And then when our bodies aren't trying to interfere, our, our subconscious is trying to interfere. And even, you know, making sure you don't set yourself up to try to meditate right before uh, the garbage truck comes down the street, right? You want to be cognizant of the timing you're picking. And um, 
I actually have started waking up two hours earlier than I normally would to start my meditations because I want the silence. I want the the stillness of the morning before everybody gets up and starts hauling around everything and honking and, you know, there aren't that much um, outside noises. And I can sit on my back porch in, in my energy and just do it. Now, you'll also find that um, your mind will start to wander off to old things sometimes, to old nonsensical things. And sometimes you'll have to come out of the meditation, uh, get up, get a drink of water, you know, shake it off, get back into your sitting position, start over. I've had to do that a few times, but not many. It seems like my, it's, it's like my subtle body is learning how to sit because that's one of the hardest things to get is to sit and do nothing, think nothing, be nothing. So it truly is the, so one of the mantras I did um, in the um, workshop when we went, uh, <laughs> I was saying, I am no one, nowhere, no thing, no one, nowhere, no thing, no one, nowhere, no thing, no one, nowhere, no thing. So I was doing that as a mantra just to give my mind something to focus on, but to actually be in nowhere, no one, no thing, right? Allowing myself to be in that emptiness. Now, what I recalled immediately when I dropped into the, uh, it, it was not, it's not blackness like consuming blackness. It was an emptiness. And allowing yourself to go into that place, I realized when I was young, I remembered this. Uh, it's like funny because I've been gifted my whole life. And the older I got, I started to push away my abilities because it was dangerous for other people to know who, you know, who I was or what I could do. I, um, so I pushed it away. I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with it because I didn't understand what it was, A, and I didn't understand how to control it. So that was scary for me. You know, how, what do I do with this? I'm, I'm walking around with this crazy ability and I don't even know how to control it, right? It's like a runaway train. So what I did at that point, I had read somewhere and I, rem I remember because I was probably about 10, 9, 10 years old when I started understanding and, and trying to make the attempt to control it. This was actually a good good thing and I haven't used it enough since then to remember why or where it came from. But and in that event, I remembered looking at a, a blank television screen. That was what I would put in my mind is this big blank, my, you know, the big console TV showing my age, the one that sat on the floor. It was like 25 inches, but it was big. It was huge. Everybody thought that was the biggest thing, you know, the, the big, it looked like a big uh, cabinet sitting in the middle of the living room floor. And when you would turn it off, it would still kind of glow and it would have some static electricity on it. And so it was like this gray, hazy color. And um, I would allow myself to just see the screen. If I wanted to know something, that's how I did it, is I would picture this the TV screen, the empty blank TV screen. And that's where I would get answers back. 
And I haven't used it in so long that I'd forgotten that I used to do that. Well, it reminded me of that only on a larger scale. When you drop into the quantum, and what I'm talking about is the place where you are energy and you can affect energy, being energy. It's You're not in a physical form. You're in a place where your thoughts are the key, right? And allowing yourself to kind of look around in that area. It's not like you're a body. It's There's no body attached to you and you're in a place of, of open energy. There's nothing there that you don't bring there. I learned that as well during the Dr. Joe retreat. I was given those this particular download of information and I actually saw the quantum field, which was amazing and I didn't expect to see it because I never really sought that out. Um, And and I didn't recognize what it was at first because I was telling myself when I went in, do not judge anything you see, just observe, just be the observer, see what you can see, and, and then we'll make sense of it later, right? So that helped me not to get hung up on what I was seeing and to allow myself to flow. So understand that everything that comes into the quantum field is brought by you. So that's why it's important to drop everything physical in this realm and to go into the energy open, knowing that answers will come as you are in a place of receiving them. But if you've got too much chatter going on, there's nothing for them to, you know, they're not going to tell you to be quiet. You have to still still your own you know, energy down to where you can be the observer and allow yourself to just sit and be in the open energy. So the mantras help. Um, The mantras give you something to focus on, which allow you to kind of drop in. And as you go through your meditation um, learning, as you start to learn the different styles and what you like the best, your taste will change, your abilities will change, you will get better at it. And that's the real thing. It does take a while. You can't just sit down and expect it to happen. And if it does, that's wonderful. But it may not do it the next time. So don't be discouraged if you get this wonderful meditation where you see all this glorious energy. And then you're in a spot the next two weeks that you just feel like you're disconnected and you haven't really gotten anywhere. It's okay. Keep showing up. That's what they tell writers when you have, when you're in the, when you're in the creative process, you have to show up and it it is about the timing. You have to show up about the same time every single day and be ready because when you're a writer, that's exactly what you're doing. You're catching the tail of the muse of the universe. You're being talked to or spoken to or instructed. And that is what That's how you move through the energy. And that's the beautiful thing I am so grateful for is that I am not only a psychic, I am also a writer and a poet and a painter and a musician. So all those things, they all stem from that same knowing, that same download that comes to you, the creative. It is really like touching a cloud of brilliance when you, when you sit down and you can pour it out. Um, and, and you just have to be willing to do that without any, you know, no caveats, no rules, no, no stipulations. 
you have to be just sit down, be open and be ready to to transmit or transmute or understand. And that's why it's always important to have a journal, to be ready to write down exactly what happened during the meditation so that even if you don't understand it at the moment, you can go back and read it later. And you will be give, given things that you will forget quickly. So that's, it's just like a dream. You, you want to write it down before you get up from where you are or before you take a phone call or before you start your day, your first appointment or whatever you're doing. You want to make sure that you document all of this because it's so important not to miss a thing. And if you will put the energy in, it will give you back multiplied what you will benefit from. Also, I mean, let's just say the truth about it. Meditation is healing. It allows you to reset your frequencies, your heart rate, your cellular level, your vibrations. Because when you're making that audible sound from your body, you're vibrating every cell within yourself and around you. Your energetic field is affected. So, There's nothing but good in meditation as far as I'm concerned. And I think it is such a worthwhile pursuit. I hope all of you will try it. And uh, next week we'll discuss the next different kind of meditation. And I want to welcome you to that. And thank you for being here today, as always. With my wonderful closing blessing, I send you lots of peace. Lots of love, lots of happiness, joy, abundance, and prosperity to you all. Namaste, my dear friends.